Welcome, everyone, to our Bible study. We're continuing what we were doing last week. We are in 9 of 11 in the intro to the King James Bible. Uh, in this plight over the world, this fight over the world between the people that love the doctrine, that's the apostles, and all the people that hold to their doctrine, and then you have on the other side the satanic cutthroat origin philosophy school. The people that hate the doctrine and went out to destroy it, to burn it, and then to infiltrate it and mislead everybody. When we do this, we got to examine the seat of Satan. Is that right? Does Satan have a Satan have a seat? Does he have a throne? Yes, he does. And what I'm trying to say here is today we're going to examine Satan's seat, and it's involved directly in this school of Alexandria, where all, all your Bible versions came from, other than King James in the English. It's, it's got the, uh, a connection directly to all the great men of the earth throughout history, and Satan's throne. And we're going to have to examine that as we defend the Word of God. It didn't start here with the Baptist seminary in Detroit there, uh, where they attacked the apostles, and they attacked Christ for using the Septuagint. I was in shock. But that's only going on with this philosophy that came all the way back here, all the way back before Christ was ever born. This fight was going on against our doctrine. So the Detroit Baptist seminary was just parroting what their doctrine is said for years. It's said this. So that being said, they complained about this openly to the world about this intro that we're reading. And here we are on page 9 of 11, taken up where we left off last week. So as we ended, uh, we have these uh, origin vulgar translators. Uh, Vala Stapulinus, Ephraimus, and Vines. All those are vulgar translations. Uh, by that, I mean common folk translations out of Latin. It has nothing to do with the apostles. Now, keep that straight. And so we go to Pope Leo X here. And this is in the, in the uh, 9 of 11. And he allowed this Ezraimus translation of the New Testament. And this all came out into Latin. And he wrote a bull. They call it a bull. <laughs> and he uh, opened up all kinds of pagans to translate the New Testament and the Old Testament. Ezraimus here did the New Testament in this barrage of translations. It was a gunshot pattern of translations that none of them matched each other. Now, here's an interesting thing. Because the Council of Trent has stayed so hidden. Here, the 47 translators in this intro to King James, they finger the Council of Trent. And they name some names of their high-level people. I couldn't believe it. There is this uh, Pau is the guy's name, and another name is Vega. 
<laughs> and then there's, uh, now listen to this one. Now, excuse me if I can't pronounce this. This is a long name here, and this is the Council of Trent. Higher Onimus, and then Abo Estro. Eronimus, and Abo Estro. That's A-B-O-L-E-A-S-T-R-O. And then there's this Bishop If Idorus Clarus. Right, and they they uh, pushed all these new translations. This uh, and they all differ from the vulgar translation, uh, and that is the Jerome translation. So here we have all these different translations. Now some of them are named here in this page. Uh, it's the Paris ed edition, and they're all different from each other. Lou a me translation the Hentenius translation, and then, of course, this this is differing from what they call the Sextus or Sextus Quintus. That's six and five that came out of origin. So there's your cult numerology. I, I, I complained about that last week uh, being a hex, but the other name for it that the translators use here in this page is Sextus Quintus, that's six and five. That's a cult numerology. Say the black keys, two, three, two, three, two, three. That's five. Five is important in occult numerology, and so is six. That's another subject. But uh, as they translated into Latin, then they didn't care about any of the differences and everything. They absolutely just threw their hands up and said, so what? Well, the reason is they have an occult library with these people that is through the roof. That even they claimed up to a million volumes of occult literature in Alexandria's Philo School of Philosophy. That's how big. This is worldwide world power philosophy. and. The uh, translators here just came uh, short of saying they're a bunch of Satanists. <laughs> but they mentioned Satan here, the work of Satan on this page. Okay. And a lot of it was printed down the road in the uh, printing house of the Vatican. So it just, uh, as they pr printed those, uh, there's a, a multiple of versions and none agree, okay? And that's even uh, stated there in the Sixtus edition from Origin. Okay, and then uh, they go on through the history of these muckety-mucks. Uh, they go to Clement VIII, and he published another edition, they're saying. And it had infinite differences from the Sixtus. And they're saying not just little changes. <laughs> they called these changes, this is their words now, weighty and material. Okay. Now, there's a guy here that's involved in this called Demetrius. He's a scribe. And his name's going to pop up here as we get into Maccabees. 
all right? But the, the translators here in the 9 of 11, they make a statement. Now, I'm going to give you what they say word for word. They say, our adversaries make so many and so various additions do air so much about the worth and authority of them, they can no, not show with any equity or challenge us for changing and correcting. What we propose, now remember, they're taking the Septuagint and they're taking all those Bibles, 5,000 of them from around the firmament of the earth, going back to their Hebrew and Greek, examining all of it and examining all Bible versions. So they, they had a, a purpose. They said, okay, let's, we don't need to talk anymore about these or, origin and his gang of cutthroats. What were we doing? Us that wanted this done for uh, uh, the uh, Hampton School, the Hampton meeting, King James had the world government people all against him. They didn't want another version of it. Here came the version. So what is our goal? What is our mark? And they, to, in this uh, letter to the good Christian reader, uh, they're saying uh, translation, not of a bad word, not of a bad one, but of a good one, and making the good even better, or taking many good translations and making one English translation. And they 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 warn you here about the Sextus, the Sextus Quintus, the six and five. That's just a bad translation. Now here's a quote. <laughs> People had been fed with gall of dragons. <laughs> That's poison, folks. Instead of wine. With whey instead of milk. Now, that's their little similitude on, if you know the similitude language, uh, that says a lot about what they thought about the, the uh, Latin Vulgate. So their goal, their mark, as they put it, was number one to choose the translators, and and their their goal was to make sure they were humble people, that they were truth seekers, and that they were learned in all the things they needed to do. Then they quote this guy, and I don't know who he is, but it, it's a, it's a, actually, and this is an old name, is Nazi N Z. Get the Nazi, spelled just like Nazi. And his quote was, learn before you teach. <laughs> I think that speaks for itself. And actually, this Jerome guy was a pretty good guy because he commended that. He commended the fact that, that the Old Testament should not be in Latin. It should be in, in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek. And he said, hey, good. But that ain't what he was paid to do. See, he took bad translations and put them in the Latin. And we got the Latin Vulgate because he, he had a poison stream at the beginning, according to these 47 people here. They actually liked Jerome. Um, and uh, they also said, we trust in Christ for this translation. And then they quote St. <laughs> Augustine. And his uh, prayer, 
Okay, now here, I'm going to give you this word for word. It says, oh, this is St. Augustine's prayer. Oh, let thy scriptures be my pure delight. Let me not be deceived in them, neither let me deceive by them. I think that's pretty good. I, I really do. I think that, uh, that speaks for itself. And uh, in, in, in fact, they end it with uh, that, and they say, uh, Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New. And that Greek should be Korone. Okay, I'm adding this. Korone is a simple street language that Paul wrote in. We don't need the muckety-muck language here that they used in the origin, origin translation. They didn't use a simple street language there. They used... They used the most complicated language they could find in Greek, big words. But in order to look at this thoroughly and who we're up against, to this day we're up against it, we have to look at the Alexandrian school of philosophy closely. Are these people, who are they? Who are these people? Well. Let me let me let me take you to the book of Revelation, and I'll show you who they are here in the book of Revelation. Revelation, the second chapter, and everybody's there. I'm going to go to verse ten. Just fear none of those things which shall thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, see, that's the Holy Ghost, saith to the churches. He that overcometh, shall not be hurt of the second death. We all know what that is. That's judgment day after the millennium. Okay, now here we go. Now here I'm telling you, this is this is the same people. And we're going to prove that today. And to the church, to the angel of the church in Pergamos. Pergamos, folks. Right. These things, saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Baalium. There's your Baal worship. There's your obelisk, etc. We've been over that. Who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. 16, repent, 
or else I come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, capital S, saith unto the churches, capital C, to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, capital M, and will give him a white stone, that's you and me, folks, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And there's your new name, folks. Now, why am I saying that? Why, why am I saying, oh, well, here's Alexandria and Ptolemy's school here, their library of philosophies, and I'm saying it's Pergamos. I'm saying they're two twin brothers, two ugly twins over the world, world power there, and a library of occult literature that could never be matched anywhere else in the world. Every philosophy, every religion. The Alexandrian Library, let's go back to 47 BC, was destroyed by Caesar. Because you see, Caesar visited there in 47 BC. And uh, at that point, there was, uh, they're boasting of a million volumes. We're back in 300 BC. He visited there, and then there uh, they rebelled. They rebelled. Uh, there was a naval battle at the Bay of Alexandria, and 50,000 volumes destroyed out of the library. So the the uh, you know Anton LeBay, where do you think he got that name? Well, the guy over the libraries here. There was a man over both libraries, the one in Pergamos and the one in Alexandria, and his name is Antony. Antony. So just drop the Y and you have that occult name there. So Caesar went to war because they rebelled and burnt the place down. <laughs> and there was, at this point, 900,000 volumes lost. Well, where did they go? You think they ended up in, with the Vatican? Well, sure, some of them did. This is Rome. This is Caesar. This is the same people that set up, that through Constantine, that set up the church. These volumes were lost. Some of them were burnt. Okay, so that happened. The library was burnt. Well, Antony rebuilt the Alexandrian Library at that point, and where did he get the books? Books were taken from the Pergamos Library. See the connection here? How Antony can go from one of these libraries to the other because they're two, they're actually kind of in competition, yet they help each other in the world government scene. That's what's going on. These are the people that wrote your Antichrist Bibles. Those are the people that put those, those terrible notes in the sides of those Bibles, like Schofield and all these other Antichrist people. Um, to this day, they go to these theologian schools. This is what they get taught. They don't get taught what the apostles taught. They get taught what the muckety-mucks from Pergamos and Alexandria taught. Here, you see the library in Alexandria was filled with 
the library there where Satan's seat was, where they killed Christ's faithful martyr. Now we go back into 88 BC. Pergamum, which is Pergamos, joined a revolt against Rome. And at that point, Antony gave the library that was there to the rival Alexandrian library. See, there they are. They're two twin brothers. You go back to uh, 306 BC. Now see, what did I tell you? From 330 on forward is what we're looking at here. And this is the time when the people that like the, the uh, Essenes out there were scribing to get this to the whole world in all of this. But here we are in 306 BC, notice the sixth. And the Alexandrian library was established by who? It was established by Ptolemy. Now get this, listen close to me. He did that in honor of Alexander the Great. Ah, how about that? But we didn't go in there. We went to Babylon, Ptolemy did, and got Alexander the Great's corpse that was buried there, dug it up, and took it here to Egypt, to the Alexandrian Library. And that's where Alexander the Great was buried, in honor of him. Okay? <laughs> are you seeing these little pieces that are coming together? And in, in 300 BC, this Demetrius, get that name because these muckety mucks use the names over and over. He brought 250,000 books to that shrine there. And when Julius Caesar visited there, it was boasting over a million volumes of all kinds of literature. Okay, but the majority of it was all antichrist, occult literature. I don't care whether you, what end of the occult you're talking about. They've gathered all the books from the witchcraft, from the sorcery, to the idol worship, to the god of forces, to the Zoroastrian, to the uh, Balak worship, to the uh, Zohar, the uh, Gnostic Gospels, all of that here. The Talmud, of course, we can't leave that out. That was here. Okay? So that being said, I'm going to go to the uh, book of the Maccabees, as I said, and take a look there at Jerusalem, where our great doctrine was being scribed. The Septuagint was being scribed. You see? And so go to the second chapter of the book of Maccabees. First Maccabees now. And we're going to see what the uh, powers that be, these same people that I just described here. The ones that are responsible for your Antichrist. You know, we're going to take 
the doctrine of Hermes and stick it in place of the book of Revelation. Listen, they could have, and they did. They had more occult books. They were sticking in our Bible right there because they had millions of those volumes. So would they have the doctrine of Hermes over Mount Hermon? Yes. That was an easy one. Okay. But what happened here with these same powers that be, the ones that had the Pergamo school and the ones that had the Alexandria Ptolemy Philo school, what were they doing to real people that held the doctrine? And what would happen if you were trying to scribe with the Septuagint? Would they roll out the red carpet for you? Say, oh, yes. Oh, Mr. Midget the Scribe. Oh, here's a, oh, let me fill your coffers. Let me treat you good because you're seeking the truth and you want to share the truth with people. Well, what would they do? Well, here we got a description of it here in the second chapter of Maccabees. Okay. In those days arose Matthias, the son of John, the son of Simon, a priest of the sons of Jerob from Jerusalem and dwelt in Moden. And he had five sons, Joe Annan called Hadith, Simon called Thassi, Judas, who was called Maccabeus, Eleazar called Avaran, and Jonathan, whose surname was Athos. And when he saw the blasphemies, that were committed in Judah and Jerusalem. He said, woe is me. Wherefore was I born to see this misery of my people and of the holy city and to dwell there when it was delivered into the hand of the enemy and the sanctuary into the hands of strangers? Question mark. Her temple has become a, as a man without glory. Her glorious vessels are carried away into captivity. Her infants are slain in the streets. Her young men with the sword of the enemy. What nation has not got a part of her kingdom and gotten of her spoils? Question mark. All her ornaments are taken away. Of a free woman, she has become a bond slave. And behold, our sanctuary, even our beauty, and our glory is laid waste. And the Gentiles have profaned it. To what end, therefore, shall we live any longer? Question mark. Then Matthias and his sons rent their clothes and put on sackcloth and mourned very sore. In the meantime, in the meanwhile, the king's officers, this is Antiochus, remember, the seat of who? Alexander the Great. This is his throne here. This is Antiochus that they're talking about, the king. Then answered the king's officers and said to Matthias on this wise, thou art a ruler, and an honorable and great man in this city. 
and strengthen with sons and brethren. Now, therefore, come thou first and fulfill the king's commandment, like as all the heathen have done. Yea, and the men of Judah also, and such as remain at Jerusalem. So shalt thou and thine house be in the number of the king's friends. And thou and thy children shall be honored with silver and gold and many rewards. Then answered Matthias. Then Matthias answered and spake with a loud voice. Though all the nations that are under the king's dominion obey him and fall away every one from the religion of their fathers and give consent to his commandments, yet will I and my sons and my brethren walk in the covenant of our fathers. God forbid that we should forsake the law, capital L, and the ordinances. That's the doctrine, folks. That's your Bible. We will not hearken to the king's words to go from our religion, either on the right or the left. Now, when he had left speaking these words, there came one of the Jews in the sight of all to sacrifice on the altar, which was at Modin, according to the king's commandment. Which thing, when Matthias saw, he was inflamed with zeal, and his reins trembled. Neither could he forbear to show his anger according to judgment. judgment. Wherefore he ran and slew him on the altar. And the king's commissioner, who compelled men to sacrifice, he killed at that time. And the altar he pulled down. Thus dealt he zealously for the law, capital L, of God, like as Phineas did unto Zambri, the son of Salmon, Salom. And Matthias cried throughout the city with a loud voice, saying, Whosoever is zealous of the law and maintaineth the covenant, let him follow me. And he and his sons fled into the mountains and left all that ever they had in the city. Then many that sought after justice and judgment went down into the wilderness to dwell there. Both they and their children and their wives and their cattle because afflictions increased sore upon them. 31. Now, when it was told the king's servants and the host that was at Jerusalem in the city of David, that certain men who had broken the king's commandment were gone down into the secret places in the wilderness. They pursued after them a great number. And having overtaken them, they camped against them and made war against them on the Sabbath day. See? That was one of their tricks. Everyone, you're supposed to rest. You're supposed to obey your God. The last day of the week, that's when we're going to attack you. 33. And they said, and they said unto them, let 
that which you have done hitherto suffice. Okay, this is them talking to the Maccabees. Come forth and do according to the commandment of the king, and you shall live. But they said, we will not come forth, neither will we do the king's commandment to profane the Sabbath day. So then they gave them the battle with all speed. How be it? Okay, now these are the people that would not draw the sword. In 36, it says, how be it they answered them not, neither cast they a stone at them, nor stopped the places whereof they had hid, but said, let us die all in our innocency. Heaven and earth shall testify for us that you put us to death wrongfully. So they rose up against them in battle on the Sabbath, and they slew them with their wives and children and their cattle to the number of a thousand people. A thousand people, folks. Now when Matthias and his friends understood hereof, they mourned for them right sore. And one of them said to another, if we all do as our brethren have done and fight not for our lives and laws against the heathen, they will now quickly root us out of the earth. At that time, therefore, they decreed, saying, whosoever shall come to make battle with us on the Sabbath day, we will fight against him. Neither will we die all as our brethren that were murdered in the secret places. Then came there unto him a company of Assidians, who were mighty men of Israel, even as such as were voluntarily devoted unto the law. Capital L. That's the doctrine, folks. That's the written word. Also, all they that fled for persecution joined themselves unto them and were a stay unto them. So they joined their forces and smote sinful men in their anger and wicked men in their wrath. But the rest fled to the heathen for succor, and that's for safety. Then Matthias and his friends went round about and pulled down the altars. And what children soever they found within the coast of Israel uncircumcised, those they circumcised valiantly. They pursued also after the proud men, and the work prospered in their hands. You get this one. So they recovered the law, capital L, out of the hand of the Gentiles and out of the hand of kings, neither suffered they the sinner to triumph. That's quoting scripture. Now, when the time drew near that Matthias should die, he said unto his sons, now hath pride and rebuke gotten strength. And the time of destruction and the wrath of indignation. Now, therefore, my sons, be ye zealous for the law 
and give your lives for the covenant of your fathers. Call to remembrance what acts our fathers did in their time. So shall ye receive great honor and an everlasting name. Was not Abraham found faithful? Intention. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Joseph, in the time of his distress, kept the commandment and was made Lord of Egypt. Phineas, our father, in being zealous and servant, obtained in the covenant of an everlasting priesthood. 54. Phineas, our father, in being zealous and fervent, obtained the covenant of an everlasting priesthood. Jesus, for fulfilling the word, was made a judge in Israel. That is Joshua, folks. Caleb, for bearing witness before the congregation, received the heritage of the land. Okay, and that's over the giants. 57, David, for being merciful, professed the throne of an everlasting kingdom. Elias, for being zealous and fervent for the law, was taken up into heaven. Ananias, Azarias, and Michelle, being by believing, were saved out of the flame. That is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego there in the book of Daniel. Daniel, for his innocency, was delivered from the mouth of lions. And thus consider ye throughout all ages that none that put their trust in him shall be overcome. Your trust in who? Your trust in Jesus Christ. Fear not then the words of a sinful man, for his glory shall be dung and worms. That's hell, folks. Today he shall be lifted up, and tomorrow he shall not be found, because he is returned into his dust, and his thought is come to nothing. Wherefore, you, my sons, be valiant, and shew yourselves men in the behalf of the law, capital L, for by it shall you obtain glory. And behold, I know that your brother Simon is a man of counsel. Give ear unto him always. He shall be a father unto you. 66. As for Judas Maccabeus, he hath been mighty and strong even from his youth up. Let him be your captain and fight the battle of the people. Take also unto you all those that observe the law and avenge ye the wrong of your people. Recompense fully the heathen and take heed to the commandments of the law. So he blessed them and was gathered to his fathers. And he died in the hundredth, forty and sixth year and his sons buried him in the sepulcher of his fathers at Modin, and all Israel made great lamentation for him. Okay, so there is that. Now we go to chapter 3. We're looking more at what it was like to be uh, a Bible beater in this uh, part of the world where the Septuagint battle was going on. Okay, I'm going to start with 35, and I'm going to read 
through 47, it says, to wit, that he should send an army against him to destroy and root out the strength of Israel and the remnant of Jerusalem and to take away their memorial from that place and that he should place strangers in all their quarters and divide their land by lot. Now, this is what the world government people are doing to Jerusalem. So the king took the half of the forces that remained and departed from Antioch, his royal city, the hundred and forty and seventh year. And having passed over the river Euphrates, he went through the high countries. Then Lysias chose Ptolemy. Ah! Good old Ptolemy here. The son of Dora Menes and Nacanor and Gorgias, mighty men of the king's friends. There they come. Here comes the world government against them. And with them, he sent 40,000 footmen and 7,000 horsemen to go into the land of Judah and to destroy it as the king commanded. So they went forth with all their power and came and pitched by Emmaus in the plain country. Okay, now get this one. And the merchants of the country, hearing the same of them, took silver and gold very much with servants and came into the camp to buy the children of Israel for slaves, a power also of Syria and of the land of the Philistines, joined themselves unto them. So here we are. We're going to rat pack Judas and the Jews that have the Bible. In 42, it says, now when Judas and his brethren saw that miseries were multiplied and that the forces did encamp themselves in their borders, for they knew how the king had given commandment to destroy the people and utterly abolish them. They said one to another, let us restore the decayed estate of our people and let us fight for our people and the sanctuary. Then was the congregation gathered together that they might be ready for battle and that they might pray and ask mercy and compassion. Now Jerusalem lay void as a wilderness. There was none of her children that went in or out. The sanctuary also was trodden down and aliens kept the stronghold. The heathen had their habitation in that place and joy was taken from Jacob and the pipe with the harp ceased. Therefore, the Israelites assembled themselves together and came to Maspah over against Jerusalem, for in Maspah was the place where they prayed aforetime. Then they fasted that day and put on sackcloth and cast ashes upon their heads and rent their clothes. Now on into chapter four. What else was it like here? What are these muckety mucks? These same people that created this school and all that, right? So what 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 are they doing? Huh? Here we go to verse 36 here. 
Okay, so they 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 uh, are against the same people that set up Pergamos and set up the Philo Ptolemy Alexandria School and libraries. And here they are fighting with them. Here, look at this, 36. Then said Judas and his brethren, behold, our enemies are discomforted. Let us go up to cleanse and dedicate the sanctuary. Upon this, all the hosts assembled themselves together and went up to Mount Zion. And when they saw the sanctuary desolate and their altar profaned, and all the gates burn up and shrubs growing in the courts as in a forest or in one of the mountains, yea, and the priest's chambers pulled down, they rent their clothes and made great lamentation and cast ashes upon their heads. And some, and fell down flat to the earth, ground upon their faces and blew an alarm with the trumpets and cried towards heaven. Cried towards heaven. Then Judas appointed certain men to fight against those that were in the, the fortress until he had cleansed the sanctuary. You see, they'd set up a fortress there to keep an eye on it. And this abomination that uh, was set up, they cast out. And this is the rededication that Annika is celebrated over, okay? When Judas rededicated the temple here and got it away from Antiochus in, that has the seat of Alexander the Great. So that's what we're talking about here. Okay, in 42, so he chose priests of blameless conversation, such as had pleasure in the law who cleanse the sanctuary and bear out the defiled stones into an unclean place. And when they, as they consulted what to do with the altar of burnt offerings, which was profaned, they thought it best to pull it down, lest it should be a reproach to them, because the heathen had defiled it. Wherefore, they pulled it down and laid up the stones in the mountain of the temple, in a convenient place until there should come a prophet, capital P, to shew what should be done with them. Then they took whole stones according to the law and built a new altar according to the former. And that was right out of the law of Moses. Okay, now we go on to chapter six. Chapter six. Okay, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Okay, verse 1 in chapter 6. About that time, King Antiochus, there he is, travailing, traveling, or travailing through the high countries, heard say that Elymas in the country of Persia was a city greatly renowned for riches, silver and gold, and that there was in it a very rich temple, wherein were coverings of gold and breastplates and shields, which Alexander, son of Philippi, 
the Macedonian king who reigned first among the Grecians had left there. So you see how this is intertwined. Antiochus, Alexander the Great, the first of the wicked eagle prophecy of the Daniel prophecy of the layers of the kingdom of world government right there. All right, so there's that. Now we go to chapter 10. Go to chapter 10 in the book of Maccabees. We're going to see more. What was it like around here? Are they going to roll out the red carpet? Are you want to transcribe this doctrine to the world here in all this? Okay. So here we are in chapter 10. And uh, in it says here, in the 160th year, Alexander, the son of Antiochus, surnamed Epiphanes, went up and took Ptolemus. That's a town named after Ptolemy, for the people had reigned, received him by means thereof he reigned there. Okay, so there it is. You see how the, the name Antiochus, and he names his son Alexander, lottie dottie dottie, there's your muckety mucks playing with their language. So skip down to uh, 48 here in chapter 10. Forty-eight, and here's the guy. And this ain't Alexander for the Great. This is—he's uh, named after that because this is all one big unhappy family. Uh, the Bible describes that. It describes the ungodly family of the earth, folks. This giant family of occultists that are inbred, bred with fallen angels, and. <laughs> They change their names and they move on, even though they're fighting with each other in war. It doesn't matter. They are this ugly family. Now, here you see King Alexander. King Alexander. In 48 here, it says, Then gathered King Alexander great forces and camped over against Demetrius. And after the two kings had joined battle, Demetrius' host fled. But Alexander followed after him and prevailed against them. And he continued the battle very sore until the sun went down, and that day was Demetrius slain. Afterward, Alexander sent ambassadors to Ptolemy, king of Egypt, with a message to this effect. For as much as I am come again to my realm and am set in the throne of my progenitors and have gotten the dominion, and overthrown Demetrius and recovered our country. For after I had joined battle with him, both he and his host was discomforted by us, so that we sit in the throne of his kingdom. Now, therefore, let us make a league of amity together, and give me now thy daughter to wife. I will be thy son-in-law, and will give both thee and her gifts according to her dignity. This was prophesied, by the way, in the book of Daniel. Then Ptolemy the king gave answer, saying, Happy be the day whereof thou didst return into the land of thy fathers and satest in the throne of their kingdom. And now will I do to thee as thou hast written. Meet me, therefore, at Ptolemus, that's the town, 
that we may see one another, for I will marry my daughter to thee according to thy desire. So, Ptolemy went out of Egypt with his daughter, Cleopatra, and they came unto Ptolemus in the hundredth, threescore, and second year. Now, remember, this moves forward from 330 B.C. as 330 B.C. is the year one of their king of Greece. 58, where King Alexander, meeting him, gave unto him his daughter Cleopatra and celebrated her marriage at Ptolemus with great joy as the manner of kings is. Now, King Alexander had written unto Jonathan, this is back to the Maccabees, that he should come and meet them. Who thereupon went honorably to Ptolemus, where he met the two kings and gave them and their friends silver and gold and many presents, and found favor in their sight. At that time, certain pestilent fellows of Israel, men of wicked life, assembled themselves against him to accuse him, but the king would not hear them. All right? So there's that. Now, we'll go on to chapter 11. Chapter 11 here, folks. And we're going to uh, read 10 through 18. And like I said, I'm describing the same people that put this library together and gave us the Antichrist Bibles, tried to remove the book of Revelations, attacked the apostles, attacked all the people here that had the law, demanded everybody to get rid of the Bible. Yes, they did. And this is, this is who all these muckety-muck, uh, unbiblical seminary schools are following. It's their doctrine. Okay, listen to this. For I repent and gave my daughter unto him, for he sought to slay me. Thus did he slander him, because he was desirous of his kingdom. Wherefore he took his daughter from him and gave her to Demetrius <laughs> and forsook Alexander, so that their hatred was openly known. Then Ptolemy entered into Antioch, where he set two crowns upon his head the crown of Asia and of Egypt. Now, did you just hear that? Here's the same bloodline. Here's the same people. Here they are. Here they are. Look what they're involved with here. World government. In the mean season was King Alexandra in Philikia because those that dwelt in those parts had revolted against him. But when Alexander heard of this, he came to war against him, whereupon King Ptolemy brought forth his host and met him with a mighty power. So Alexander fled into Arabia, there to be defended, but, but King Ptolemy was exalted. For Zabdiel, Zabdiel, the Arabian, took off Alexander's head and sent it to Ptolemy. King Ptolemy also died the third day after, and they that 
were in the strongholds were slain one of another. Okay, so you see these muckety mucks. Now go to Second Maccabees and move on here. Second, Second Maccabees. What is their religion? What is their religion here? Go, go to chapter four in the Second Maccabees, and we're going to see what the real religion of the uh, Ptolemy school of thought and Pergamos is here, because they're going to be practicing it here. Okay, so here we are in chapter four, and uh, we're going to start here in. Start with 17. For it is not a light thing to do wickedly against the laws of God, but the time following shall declare these things. Now, when the game, okay, this is their religion. What is this? This is the Olympics. This is, uh, the Olympics went on. Hitler made the diagram of the rings that it's used. The throne here that came from Pergamos went to Berlin, okay? So here's the Olympic Games. Now, when the game that was used every fifth year was kept by Tyrus, at Tyrus, that's, Tyre is one of the places where Satan's seat was also, the king being present. This ungracious Jason, Jason, sent special messengers from Jerusalem who were Antiochians to carry 300 drums of silver to the sacrifice of Hercules. Did you just hear that? That's a bloody sacrifice. It's described here in Maccabees. They shed blood there. Hercules is what? A fallen angel god, half man. They're right here. And this is his sacrifice which even the bearers thereof thought fit not to bestow upon the sacrifice because it was not convenient, but to be reserved for other charges. This money then in regard of the sender was appointed to Hercules sacrifice, but because of the bearers thereof, it was employed to the making of galleys. Now then, Apollyanus, the son of Mantha Suit. Manasseh. was sent into Egypt for the coronation of King Ptolemus. Philometor. Get that name. There's, there's Philo and Ptolemus right there with Alexander. It connected to Pergamos and they are connected to Alexandria. School of thought. And now you know why it is that all the occultists loved this school. And those books didn't go away. They went to Rome, okay? As we saw in the history here, they went to Rome, okay? And they're in the Vatican. You got something? All right. Uh, they went to Rome. And the doctrine went on. Okay, so that being said, does someone have anything to add here at the table? No, how about you, Bo? Ben's nothing. Okay, uh, phone people, you got anything to add here? Um, before I sign out, 
I got a bit of a testimony I'd kind of like to share. Do that. I uh, try to make it quick. I, I worked with a guy from 1994 to 99, and he was a, a really nice guy. I liked work with him. He never lost his temper, raised his voice, very knowledgeable on the Bible. We became friends, you know, stayed in time. I left there in 2000. Fast forward to 2022, the shop closed, and he come to work with me. And he was pretty much the same guy, but we got to talking about the jab and, uh, you know, he got his and his wife and I explained to him why I didn't get mine. And he explained to me how that's all a bunch of BS, you know, they wouldn't do that and blah, blah, blah. Well, just working with him and talking with him all the time, I explained what a, a piece of crap Fauci was and showing him, uh, you know, proof and, and he started researching it. Well, six months later, he, you know, come to the conclusion he made a poor decision and really opened his eyes to what's going on in this world. This last night, he's texting me the stuff about Taylor Swift that I had no idea that's going on. That she's supposedly a, a admitted witch, and then during her concerts, she has uh, ritual uh, <laughs> sermons or you know, her uh, rituals right on stage during concerts. And there's there's a lot there there's five or six Facebook sites that are uh, YouTube videos that people are exposing this with uh, they're they're showing videos of her with the 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 capes the red and the the serpent behind her their actual uh, sermons that she's doing rituals she's doing on stage and then I always kind of like Travis Kelsey you know a few months ago he started doing those. Uh, Pfizer commercials or whatever, get all three jabs at the same time. And at that point, I knew he was a complete idiot or he sold his soul. But after seeing this about Taylor Swift, there's no doubt in my mind, man. Uh, it's <laughs> the evil's running wild. Well, it's a good thing your buddy woke up. Yeah. And he, he, we should try to get him the information where he can detox and get that crud out of his body. Right. So uh, that's a good thing. That's a good testimony. Anything else, Paul? Uh, that's it for now. Okay. We sure appreciate the comment from everybody. Anything else from anybody out there in phone land? Okay. Here we are from Manchester, Ohio. Clinton. <laughs> New Franklin. Akron. From the Midget. Harriet, Bo, Benzi, and me several. The Holy Ghost go with all of you. Oh, we got a we got a comment? No comment. Holy Ghost go with every one of you out there. Bye bye. <laughs>